Father, my prayer in this place this morning is that your grace would, would just flood over these people. People who are living in a dry and, and thirsty place. People that need to be reminded that you've done all the heavy lifting for us. We don't bring anything to the party. You bring everything. It's only by grace through faith that any of us can approach the throne, but because of that, we can approach the throne boldly. God, I think there's some people in this place today that are just so shameful that they, they don't think that they can stand before You, but you, you know them and You love them. You set their, Your affection on them on their worst day. And You call them Beloved. Remind us what it looks like to just turn around and run to the arms of the Father. I pray that Your Spirit would move in this place and that Your Word would speak in power. God, my confession to You is I don't have anything to say. But I hope that You do. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. How we doing? It's good to uh, see you. Happy Independence Day. I pray that uh, the freedom we just sang about, that you experience it deep inside. It's more than a citizenship here. It's an eternal freedom that Jesus died to give us. If you have your Bible, open it up to Luke, the 19th chapter. We're going to start there, and then we're going to flip over to Luke chapter 15. And so our brother Luke is going to be doing most of the talking today. Uh, We're starting a new series today called Lost and Found. And uh, we're going to use a a story that you probably heard in uh, in Sunday school if you went to church when you were a kid. And uh, we're going to start there. And it's about a little man, a wee little man. Was he? Luke chapter 19. Starting in verse 1, this is what it says. He, being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down, and we received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be in the, the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. And don't miss verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Um, 
I pray that some people here today might have an experience like that of Zacchaeus. By the power of your Spirit, would you move in this time? And that's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want you to see about this story is how little Zacchaeus brought to the table. All we know about him was that he was short and rich, and he was a cheat. Okay? He was short, he was rich, and he defrauded people. But yet there was one thing that he had that I pray all of you would have. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. So this is my invitation to you today. If you feel bad about yourself today, you can't feel worse about yourself than Zacchaeus did. He was a short little cheat. That's what he was. And yet, he put himself in a position to see Jesus. And guess what Jesus' job was? Just to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus was one of the lost ones. But Jesus already knew him by name. Jesus walked by that tree, looked up into his eyes, and called him by name. My prayer today is that some of you would hear Jesus call you by name today if you haven't heard it before. Not because of anything that you've done or anything that you deserve, but because He is just that good and the Son of Man came for the purpose of seeking you out. That should make you shudder on the inside. Think about you on your worst day. Not too long. I don't want you to get all guilty and stuff. But just think about the things in your life that you are most ashamed of. In that moment, He looks at you and calls you by name and says, hey, come down. And it's your responsibility. It's only yours. Are you going to receive Him with joy? Or are you going to say, no, I'm, I'm not worthy. I can't. No, no i got to fix myself first. Guys, some of you in this place today just need to hear Jesus calling you by name regardless of what you've done, and responding with joy. It's that simple. Last week, I think Brock preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard. I really do. I, mean, I'm, I am not kidding. I think his interpretation of the kingdom of heaven, what he said last week, was some of the best preaching I've ever heard. You're not going to hear that today. This is not going to be that deep, okay? You're not going to hear that today. But one of the things that he said last week was that Jesus, we didn't find Jesus. He found us, right? We didn't buy Jesus. He's not for sale. If he was, we couldn't afford it. Y'all remember that stuff? The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, this is the truth about us. I'm reading a book by Brant Hansen right now called The Truth About Us. Okay, this is the truth about us. We all start at the same place of lostness. Every one of us 
start. We, we, sh- we have this trait in common. We are lost because of the sin of Adam and Eve. We're, it's, everybody look at like the center section right here. There's a little fat baby right there. So cute, right? Not perfect. Doesn't matter how cute we are, how we come into the world. Because of the fallen nature of humanity, all of us start in a place of lostness. We also have something else in common. We're prone to wander. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're, we're prone to be distracted. We're prone to make the not important things the most important things. We're prone to like be like a sheep. You know how many times the Bible compares us to sheep? Do any of you have a sheep? I'm just wondering. You got a sheep? You got a stuffed little sheep in your bed? Let's just talk about that later, okay? (laughs) Sheep are not like common household pets for us, are they? I mean, this is what... I don't know much about sheep, okay? I know this about sheep, that they don't smell great. They're not very smart. They walk in groups and they follow one another to places that they shouldn't go. Does that remind you of anybody else? Does it remind you of maybe middle school? We just herd together and it doesn't matter where we're going. It doesn't matter if it's the right place. We're prone to wander. You know what else I know about sheep? They're not scary. I don't think they have fangs. I think most of their teeth are round and they're pretty defenseless to pretty much anything in the world that would want to eat them. And God compares us to sheep. Sheep need a protector. They need someone watching over them. If they don't have that, they just scatter A few examples of what I'm talking about. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. Just so you know that you're not alone. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity, the sin of us all. All of us share this Propensity to wander. Anybody know what the longest book in the Bible is? Longest chapter. Longest chapter in the Bible. Hmm? Psalm 119. How many verses are in Psalm 119? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're all big and bold there for a second. 176 verses in Psalm 119. Let's memorize that together. Okay? Psalm 119. The very last verse in Psalm 119. And it's beautiful. It's about knowing the commandments of God and longing for them and memorizing them and living by them. And David, or the psalmist is just like, it's like, it's like this. It's like one minute he's praising and the next minute he's crying out. The very last 
verse of Psalm 119 says this. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Search for me. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. As much as we praise, David was a man after God's own heart. And it, he, I've lost my way. Because I'm a sheep, I get distracted, I wander off. Guys, if you feel like you're in a state of wandering today, guess what? You're in good company. You're not alone. You're not any more broken than anyone else. And the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You don't have to find your way back to Him. You have a good shepherd that just like Zacchaeus is going to look up in that tree, call you by name, and invite you to come to Him. In Jeremiah chapter 50, God's describing His people and He says this in verses 6 and 7, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray, turning them away on the mountains. From mountain to hill they have gone. They've forgotten their fold. All who found them have devoured them and their enemies have said... We're not guilty, for they have sinned against the Lord. Their habitation of righteousness, the Lord, the hope of their fathers. It's not our fault they're stupid sheep. That's what our enemies say. Guys, if you feel like that your enemies are devouring you, if you feel like you're hopeless, if you feel like you're alone, maybe it's time to stop wandering like a sheep and turn your head back towards the Father. Later in Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 17, he says this, and this is hopeful for us. God says, Israel is a hunted sheep driven by lions. You know, the Bible says that our enemy is like a roaring lion, right? Looking for those to devour. That's our enemy. Israel's hunted by this enemy. First the king of Assyria devoured him, and now... At last, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has gnawed his bones. Thus, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I'm bringing punishment on the king of Babylon and his land as I punished the king of Assyria. See, we have a protector. See, we have a shepherd. And look around you today. It's not always going to be like this. Because Jesus said, I'm coming to make all things new. See, you might not think you have an avenger, someone that's, that's, that's coming to your rescue, but you do. Listen to what he says. I will restore to his pasture Israel, and he shall feed on Carmel and Bashan, and his desire shall be satisfied on the hills of Ephraim and in Gilead. In those days and in that time, declares the Lord, iniquity should be sought in Israel, and there shall be none and sin in Judah, and none shall be found. And listen to this. For I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. People, if you're in Christ today, you've got to get out of jail free card. You've been pardoned. The day that he's talking about was Calvary. He's, He's pardoned our sin even though we won't deserve it. God promises to find what He lost. And we sang it earlier. 
He don't lie to me. He never made a promise he couldn't keep. And he don't lie to me. Guys, do you remember the promises of God? Do you remember, do you know the promises of God? If you don't know them, read them. They're all through the Scripture. Here's a couple. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. There's no place that you can run that's too far for His love to find you. There's no mountain too high, no valley too deep. The love of God is greater than our sin. I love that old hymn, grace greater than all my sin. Remember the old hymn, it is well with my soul, my sin, oh the bliss of that glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to that cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Your sin might seem big to you compared to the grace of God. It's not. Let that in. We're starting this new series. I said it earlier, called Lost and Found. Because lost would just be awful. I mean, I think there's a show like that. If we're just talking about being lost, you know, when I think about lost and found, I, I picture a cardboard box full of like mismatched socks and like an old flip-flop that someone left or an old sweatshirt that's probably laying right back there on those bleachers and just this collection of just junk that wasn't worth coming back for. That's not what I'm talking about. Lost and found. I'm talking about a treasure chest. Remember what Brock said last week? You are the treasure. And Jesus is the one in the field seeking you. And you might feel like you're just in a cardboard box waiting to be shipped off to the Goodwill, to the Carm, Salvation Army. And you might think that your life is just a collection of mistakes that nobody wants to pick up anymore. Guys, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. And you might feel like He can't find you. But He's going to be walking by, looking and calling. The question is, are you going to respond? In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives us three parables about things that are lost. He starts by talking about lost sheep. We've already talked about sheep. They're not real smart. They don't smell real good. Don't make great decisions. He talks about leaving the 99 to go after the one. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you feel like you've wandered off here all by yourself. The second parable talks about a lost coin. Lady had ten coins. She lost one, and she would not stop until she found the lost coin. But the third one is about a lost son. And I want us to spend the time that we have remaining this morning talking about one of those sons. Okay? And then next week, you get to hear me again. Okay, so all of you can make plans to go somewhere else, visit another church, it's fine. Next week, I'm going to talk about the other son. Okay? So this morning, for the time we have left, I just want to bring out a few points about the younger son. Next week, the older son. So what's this week? This is just me making sure you're awake. Okay? 
All right. So this is in Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to read the passage. We're going to start in verse 11. Okay? Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. And this should be a very familiar story to a lot of you. And Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this is my son. He was dead He's alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. And they began to celebrate. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Regardless of how awful our decisions are. Regardless. He came to set his affection on us. What did this guy do? I mean, why... I mean, what a punk, right? I mean, any, who's the youngest kid in your family? Me. That's me. I'm the punk in my family, okay? I'm the one that, would, that got spoiled. Hey, Mom, thanks. If you're the youngest, you got, a lot, you got away with a lot of stuff, I bet. But do you have the audacity to go to your dad when he's still alive, and say, hey, I know you got all this stuff. You're going to give it to me one day. How about you just give it to me now? Because I really don't care about you. I just care about your stuff. You know some of the saddest funerals I go to are funerals when children are fighting over the stuff that the parents have accumulated? It's sickening. This guy preempted that. 
He's even worse than that. Dad, I know you're still alive. Hey, give me my stuff now. Could that be our prayer life? Could that be a snapshot? Polaroid one step. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, that's me. Could that be the way we pray? God, just give me my stuff. When He offers intimate relationship, but we just pray for the blessings. Sometimes we need to check ourselves and ask, do we, do we really value the blesser or do we just want the blessing? Could, could we be like Job's wife when things start going the wrong way and we just turn our back on the whole thing and say, hey, why don't you just curse God and die? He's obviously forsaken you. The book of Ecclesiastes. talks about seasons that come and seasons that go. There are seasons to celebrate. But we're kidding ourselves if we don't think there are seasons to mourn. There are seasons to dance. There are seasons to laugh. There are seasons to cry. Let's go watch Footloose together, okay? Seasons come and seasons go, but that doesn't change the nature and the character of God. See, the point of all three of these parables that are in Luke chapter 15 is repentance. It's not about acknowledging your sin. It's about repenting of your sin. If you read through the the parable of the lost sheep, it talks about rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner that repents. Rejoicing in heaven over that one sinner Represented by the coin that's found. And the father killing the fatted calf because his son realized his own sin. See that that phrase, I have sinned, acknowledging your sin? It might show up more than this, but it shows up in the Scripture at least eight times. Okay, Four of those times, it stops with acknowledgement. Okay, these are, you can find this Exodus chapter 9, verse 27. Pharaoh says, I have sinned, but he never repented. Numbers chapter 22, Balaam, the guy with the talking donkey, he, rep- he, he acknowledged his sin. He said, I've sinned, but he didn't repent. Saul, in the book of 1 Samuel, when God took the throne from him, acknowledged his sin, but he never repented. Judas, in Matthew chapter 27, acknowledged that he turned Christ over to the authorities. Acknowledged that he set him up. He tried to bring the money back. He threw it on the ground. He never never repented. He hanged himself. See, there's some people in this room today that are very aware of your sin. You acknowledge it. It's not like I have to convince you of it. I see my own stuff. 
believe me. But acknowledging it is not repenting of it. There's four other examples in Scripture where people did repent. One of them is Job in Job chapter 7. Job acknowledged his sin, cried out to God. And Joshua, Achan, acknowledged his sin and repented. In 2 Samuel, David acknowledged his sin and he had a lot of it. Anybody remember Bathsheba? Man after God's own heart. But he repented. And right here in Luke 15, verse 17, when it says these words, when he came to himself, when he, when he came to himself, he had an aha moment. He saw the situation that his life had come to. And he remembered the goodness of the Father. And yeah, he starts coming up with a, with a plan. You ever do that? You ever know you're in trouble? And on your way home, you're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to explain this to my parents? Okay, so this is what I'm going to say. And if they say this, this is what I'm going to say. This is what he's doing. Okay, I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to tell him that I don't deserve to be called a son anymore. Make me a hired servant. And he's trying to kind of work his plan, but he's underestimating the goodness of the father. Because the father didn't care about his speech. He cared about his turning. He cared about him turning around and going back home. My prayer over everyone in this room today is that if you're stuck, Cody talked about some people maybe being stuck in a cycle of sin. Feeling like you need a breakthrough. Something needs to change. Maybe if that's you today, this is my prayer for you. Matthew chapter, I mean Luke chapter 15, verse 17. I pray that you would come to yourself. That, that, that you would remember the goodness of the Father and simply turn around not just acknowledge it. Not acknowledge it, but repent of it. Be broken for it. And let Him put you back together. He came to Himself. And you know, I think it's interesting that He said, I don't deserve to be called your son. You know what? You never did. None of us deserve to be sons of the king. On your best day, you never did. But we're all called to be servants of the king. In fact, Jesus said, if anyone wants to be great in the kingdom, what are they going to be? A servant to all. Guys, maybe being a servant's not that bad. Depends on who you're serving. Because we're all serving something. You're a slave to something. You're a slave to your sin or you're a slave to the gospel. And in that, there's freedom. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Father's response. 
Did anybody else have a scary father? I mean, when your mom said, wait till your dad gets home. Did that bother anyone in, in the place but me? My dad was not a, not a large man, but he had forearms like Popeye, the sailor. I didn't get those, by the way. He didn't say much, but he, he, he carried a lot of authority in my house. He was a refinery worker. Anybody live with a refinery worker, a shift worker, somebody that works midnights, and then they sleep during the day, and then you got a hyperactive kid running around, and they're saying, be quiet all day long? Most of my childhood, I was living in fear that I would say something that would wake my father up when he was asleep. And if it happened, I'd kind of have to have my story. Well, it was my sister's fault. Yeah, it, was some, it couldn't have been my fault. A lot of us think about that, think like that with God, I think. We walk around scared, thinking, man, if he finds out what I did, he knows what you did. He knows everything about you. And he's watching for you to turn around. He's watching, and when he sees you coming towards him, guess what he does? He doesn't just sit down and wait for you to get there. He'll run to meet you. And when he meets you, he could say a lot of things. But what did the Father say here? He didn't say anything about I told you so's, if you would only listen to me. He didn't say any of that stuff. He put the best robe on him. Think about this. Stinky Pig-smelling kid comes back, had blown all the father's money. And the father says, get the best robe and put it on. Who do you think had the best robe? The father. His own robe. Hey, This guy doesn't deserve this, but he is my son. Take the best robe. Guess what the best robe is? It's Jesus. The New Testament talks about us clothing ourselves in Christ. Putting on Christ. It's a picture of us deserving the very worst and Him giving us the very, very best. It's the Gospel. You don't deserve. You never could earn it. But it's the Father's heart to give it to you. Guys, if you have an inkling, any inkling in your soul to want to see Jesus, put yourself in a position to see Him. Whatever it takes, climb up a tree. Whatever it takes. But then get over the fact that you think you're going to have to work your way to Him and receive Him with joy. The prodigal did nothing deserving of the grace that was shown to him. Neither do we. But we can receive Him with joy. Live a life of gratitude based on the grace that's already been shown to you. If you've never received Him, let today be the day. If you've been fighting against it, If you think you're not good enough, 
You're not. He wants to give Himself to you anyway. But it's more than acknowledging your sin. It's repenting of it. Turning and heading back to the Father. Pray with me. Father, my prayer in this place is that some people might have a Luke chapter 15, verse 17, coming to themselves moment today. If they haven't already, God, if, you, if they know You already, God, bring them back to You. Rekindle a flame that maybe is burning pretty dimly. And bring revival in this place. May You be the most important thing again. That whatever we've allowed to be the thing, may it not be the thing anymore. You deserve the very best that we have. Because You gave us the best that You have. Let's worship in response.